is the Creatively Yours podcast. I'm Tira Root, an artist and recovering creative. And this podcast is here to bring you to the intersection of creativity and spirituality. If you are feeling blocked in your creativity, stale or burned out in your faith, or want to have a companion as you chase your creative dreams, this is the podcast for you. I have Ryan Kwasniewski on the show with me today, and I'm so excited to bring her to you. What she has in, so her background is she has been a dancer for over 20 years. She's currently full-time in the ministry, but um, I just think it's such an incredible way of using creativity. And so we'll just, we'll just dive right in. Um, So so Ryan, so I read a an autobiography by Misty Copeland. It was years ago, and still, though, something that stood out to me and that has just never left my mind since is she said that dancers are in pain all the time, and I'm wondering, <laughs> is this true to your experience? And um, and did it lead to any? convictions or cultivating certain mentalities or habits that are helpful as a Christian? Mm, That is a really good question. Well, I love Misty's autobiography, so I'm glad that you read the whole thing. It's really, really, I think she's an incredible person. Um, Made a lot of strides in the ballet world too, which is incredible. Um, But yeah, yep, (laughs) generally. (laughs) Um, generally dancers are always in pain to an extent. I think I kind of got used to a constant state of soreness or you have, you know, especially once you kind of get more intense, you do have kind of like issue spots. So just injuries that will kind of like, you know, that you kind of get used to maintaining, um, that maybe always kind of bother you a little bit, or maybe new things that come up, um, but I think for the most part, if you, if you're really devoting, you know, your body is kind of the instrument that you use in that setting. So when you're working it, um, to the extent that you are, it is definitely gonna, definitely gonna cause some pain growing pains in a, in a sense. Um, which I think, you know, I love that you asked kind of this question in regard to even like connecting it to spirituality, because I think, I think it's, it definitely like, um, kind of set a foundation for my spiritual life, or maybe my spiritual life set a foundation for the way that I thought about ballet or vice versa. But I think kind of growing up with, you know, being used to the feeling of, um, pain, being used to the feeling of uncomfortability, um, kind of pushing past my comfort zone, pretty much every day. Um, I think it definitely kind of bred this like understanding of like, okay, yeah, like this is just hard. You know, like if I want to get anywhere, there's going to be some challenges and, you know, it's actually in a lot of ways, it means that you're growing when you're sore, when you're um, working through some of those things, it actually means that you're getting somewhere from there, that you're growing, that you're becoming better you're transforming as a dancer um and I think I've thought a lot about how that applies to me 
as in my spiritual life, like how comfortability can feel um, like an easy place to stay. Um, but from there, uh, you know, if I'm just kind of living out my Christianity in a comfortable way, am I addressing some of those issue spots in my life of maybe some of the things that I just don't want to address because it's tough mm -hmm. to go there or because it's going to be uncomfortable or because it's going to hurt or because it's going to be painful. Um, and, you know, those come in all kinds of shapes and circumstances for us as Christians. But I think it's been cool to kind of have that mindset or perspective of kind of just an understanding that in order to really be transformed or to go anywhere, you actually, it is going to require some uncomfortability, some pain, some hardships and challenge. Mm. Um, and I think that has, I've definitely had, had my moments where I'm like, I still don't want that. <laughs> like, but I think it's also kind of makes a lot of sense to me um, from kind of my time as a dancer and from kind of the understanding that I approach ballet with is that as well in my spiritual life, if I want to transform, if I want to change, if I want to let God use me in different ways, it's probably going to call me out of my comfort zone. It's probably going to call me to, to engage in things that might not be comfortable for me or might hurt or be challenging or hard. Um, probably will have some tears there too, because that mm. was present in both my ballet life and my spiritual life. Mm. Um, but really, that's actually what's going to lead to transformation and healing in a lot of ways. Um, mm. And so that's kind of one thing I thought of, I think of when I think of kind of the way that those might connect or what it kind of taught me growing up about getting uncomfortable and kind of letting yourself be transformed in that way. Yeah, that's powerful <laughs> to think of that as even like we can expect daily to just have uncomfortability and have pain like even just in our spiritual walks and not letting that be something that like holds us back from transformation at all but as like the agent of it mm -hmm. um that's really powerful yeah and I'm also wondering on like a different sort of like kind of like a parallel track to this was there anything that you learned of like caring for injuries, giving space for injuries in order to heal. That is also like, are there any mentalities around that, that you also picked up as a dancer? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually. That's a really good question. I think this is kind of the challenge of every dancer because you're kind of taught to just push through. It's kind of the the process. Mm -hmm. And I think actually becoming a professional dancer was what really helped me and kind of being in that professional space where I didn't have a teacher who was like taking care of me anymore, who was like telling me when to stop or slow down. And I kind of had to, you know, you're working, you're kind of your body's your instrument. I kind of had to decide, okay, what's too much for me. And like, sometimes you'll get a little pushback for how much time you need to take off or when you need to rest. Um, and so I actually think it does kind of force you to kind of find this space of um, figuring out yourself to a level, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when do I need to take a rest, even if I think, even if other people are encouraging me to push, or maybe when do I just need to keep pushing and some really great memories and performances have happened when I have been willing to, even if I'm in a lot of pain to really push through and kind of get to the end of it. But those things 
then there's also times where you just need to stop and you need to like give your body space to heal and time and no dancer wants to do that. And I think sometimes similarly, we can just kind of want to be out of those injury spaces as, um, or sometimes we can expect that of ourselves or expect that of other people in our Christian lives of like, we wouldn't, you know, say, oh, just kind of get over it, but we might talk about pushing through or um, there might not be a lot of space for things to be just a little bit messy and um, uncomfortable and wrestling spiritually with some of, you know, different things that people go through. But um, I absolutely think that there's times in our life where we just need the space to feel things and to, and to really get help. I think, you know, if I am injured and I'm not going to physical therapy, I'm not doing my exercises and not working towards restoring that to some level, even if it's just these small, tiny things, um, it's probably not going to get better. Um, and so I think there's a humility of one, I'm not only not able to do what I want to be doing, but I need to really devote my time to these consistent things that I know are just going to get me to a place of healing. Mm. Um, but I think similarly in our spiritual lives, like if I'm going to, I'm coming from, if there's a part of me that's really injured, that really needs space and healing. I think sometimes it can be tempting to isolate or to kind of like disregard or run away or not approach those things. And I think um, as much as there's no timeline to ever navigate through those injuries, I think if, if we're able to kind of like, you know, just do those little exercises that are working towards like restorative healing in our Christian lives, whether that's vulnerability, authenticity, um, sometimes that might look like, you know, physical therapy or not physical, you know, therapy for our, mm -hmm. ourselves, right? I'm a huge advocate for that and getting some professional help at times, but, um, you know, advice from those who have been through things before us or who can listen and, and advise and, um, those kinds of things. I think, um, there are definitely times in our spiritual life where we need to take that time to really allow God to, to heal those parts of us. Um, mm -hmm. but even in those spaces, it still requires us to, to make those small steps towards him or towards that kind of restorative healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, my, my next question kind of takes us to like, very different zone the like we were just talking about the behind the scenes like we never really see <laughs> dancers when they're on their like healing rest breaks and so okay let's go to the opposite end of this spectrum so when it is like performance time um and I even was thinking when I was putting together this question about all of the different ways that we kind of perform in life like yes there's there's opening night but then there's also like sharing your testimony if you're a christian or there's a school test if you're just any student <laughs> there's mm -hmm. even proposing like just all these different areas where we have um it, it feels like performance um yeah. and i'm wondering do you like have anything that you've learned from your decades of, of performing on stage um, that has helped you cope with just mm -hmm. that, that pressure that exists there? Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's so true. Every, I mean, everything that we do could essentially become a performance to, to us. Or we yeah, it kind of depends on how we think about it. Totally, how we navigate it. And I definitely feel like, you know, kind of being in a field where I was actually very judged based on my performance. <laughs> like, like there were a lot of things that I felt um, it was an interesting career because it's kind of like, there are things that make sense. Like, of course you would be evaluated on your performance, but at the same time, finding a healthy mindset around that can be challenging. I remember having, um, I remember having this thought we were doing Nutcracker, like it was my first year in the Boston Ballet Company and we just, we do like 45 runs of Nutcracker or something in the forties, which is, ends up being, it's probably one of our hardest seasons um, or performances in a season. And uh, the very last performance, I remember our director comes out on stage because, you know, he's done a lot to prepare the performance and all these different things. And there's just these like, these like glitter bombs shooting out the side, the audience is standing up and he's like in front of everyone. And I remember thinking like this man kind of holds my future career in his hands, basically like how he interprets my performance, how he thinks about like what he thinks about how I do, or um, he can decide whether I have a job next year. Like it felt very much in the hands of another person. And I remember thinking, I have to be really careful about that because I think it can very easily become about what he wants me to do or what he wants me to be able to um, look like or and he did share with me you know we have evaluations and there are things you know that they talk about and so I think I think it's very performance based and I think because of that it almost like yeah you got to figure out how to navigate it because it can really it can really become something that kind of takes over your purpose or what you how you feel like you are your value rests on. And I think similarly, one, whether it's a person or the way that we see ourselves, like if it's anything other than our value resting and what God says of us and the way that we are valued outside of our performance, then it's going to be lacking in some form. It's not going to be, um, it's not going to actually fulfill or ground us as human beings. And um, I do think what's interesting about this is you know, you are striving for perfection in ballet, but nothing is ever perfect. And so I never finished rehearsal and expected my director to be like, that was perfect. Great job. Like no notes. It was very opposite. I was like, okay, what are his notes going to be? There was kind of this automatic, like, okay, like what is he going to share to help me grow or to help me get better? And I didn't always have that mindset. Sometimes I was like, oh man, I just want to run it and just be like, that was good, you know, but there was always something to share. And of course it's coupled with encouragement if it's a good teacher. Right. Um, but I think similarly, when I think of like the concept of grace as a Christian, um, a lot of the times that I've really wrestled with grace, it's because I am not <laughs> actually in touch with the idea that I really am 
kind of just a sinner and just mess up all the time. Almost this idea of like, okay, at the end of the day, there's going to be notes. Like there's going to be some kind of thing, right? That I'm always growing, always navigating as a Christian. But when I can kind of get in touch with the idea or the perspective of, okay, there's going to be feedback. There's going to be things that the Bible is going to show me or that people might point out to me that will help me to grow. It actually allows me to have more of a godly sorrow mentality, kind of one that we see in 2 Corinthians 7, one that's more focused on God than on me because I'm actually able to recognize, okay, there's going to be notes at the end of the day. There's going to be things that I'm grow- always growing in. I'm never going to finish a day and, and know um, that was perfect. I lived that perfectly, right? It kind of like gets you in touch with how um, imperfect you know, even the best performances are not going to feel like there was nothing wrong with them. And so I think similarly, when I think about like God's grace and the way that that can be transformative um, and kind of the thing that can counteract that perfectionistic mentality for me of just feeling like really overwhelmed by the need or the desire um, to be perfect is kind of just really being able to be in touch with the fact that I'm not (laughs) and I'm not going to be and I think I think it's changed kind of the way that I've lived my Christian life with almost the expectation of you know similarly there are things that God's gonna desire to grow me in or discipline me in or challenge me in to transform me but it's only going to kind of similarly to the question before like only similarly going to help me to be transformed and to grow versus um, taking those things on myself and feeling like it affects the value that I hold in God's eyes um, or in my eyes or in someone else's eyes. Um, And so I don't know if that like fully comes together, but it was something that I was thinking about kind of remembering those moments of how, how much I had to really, uh, fight and I didn't it was a mental battle actually very consistently to trust God over people over um what I would feel about myself sometimes you know sometimes you just have bad days (laughs) as a dancer sometimes you just have bad days as a Christian and I think like navigating some of those things I think Satan loves to jump in on those moments and share perspectives that he thinks you should have or that he offers you and I think um kind of letting letting God be the ultimate decider of you know what does he say about my value and what does this mean for me moving forward having a healthy understanding or navigating and striving for a healthy understanding of grace and an acceptance that you know the more I do the more I realize (laughs) I'm not going to be perfect nor do I have to though (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. it becomes more of an opportunity to change versus um you know, versus uh, fear-based or uh, kind of perfectionistic driven, you know, self-reliant drive to change, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a, even just personally thinking about my, I spent from elementary school through high school, I took one year off of dancing. I danced all those years. Um, and I regret the one that I took off, but, um, it was a little bit of a like aha moment for me when you said, I 
don't expect to finish dress rehearsal and get zero notes from like the choreographer or the director of course there's going to still be feedback right up to the end I'm like oh so much sense like I've been in that exact situation and it's really interesting how it becomes so opposite in in our walks as disciples of Christ that we start falling into the perfectionistic mindsets and mm-hmm. not even like taking the time to be like okay god my like you know great capital c choreographer you know like do you have any notes <laughs> like just just thinking of it that way it really helps i think especially with like i am a very like easily guilted person and so having this now in my mind is just a really helpful way to help navigate that and be like okay yes let's put that guilt aside and like what you were talking about with the godly sorrow like let's just go focus now on on god like does he have just any any feedback on this it's going to be to help make things better it's Mm -hmm. not gonna not gonna be anything else (laughs) oh i love that too because it also just like it puts in perspective like god's love and his mercy and his patience like who he is at his core like I've also, I've had bad teachers where they like nitpick everything and they do kind of make you feel like your value changes based on your performance, right? Mm. It's like, I picture like that good teacher that you've had where they're just encouraging you, but they're also, I think if they're void of notes or they're void of feedback in any way, it's not actually going to help you become the best, right? It's just going to be like, okay, maybe they're like a good hype person, but they're not actually going to help you grow and change to be the best dancer that you can be. Mm. Um, And it's so similar. I feel like that with God, like it helps you kind of navigate, okay, God's not this, like this critical kind of like, you know, God in the sky, judge in the sky. Who's like, you need to change this, this, and this. He's like, all right, like, these are the things that I almost picture, like, these are the things you did so well like your strengths are here but then you know your weak spots you know like you'll I'll get the same notes 12 times before we perform right (laughs) and we don't always I think if we go into it and expect to not get any notes of course it's going to be frustrating then when we feel like oh we didn't do that part well like (laughs) but I think it totally does kind of yeah it just kind of lays up at what can be a a healthy foundation for us to navigate God's role in um one just loving and caring so much for us and just being a good capital c choreographer i love that (laughs) um good teacher a good you know guide um but i think at the same time allows us to see maybe why there are these you know he points these things out and why he helps us grow really for us to be able to live the best lives that we can be the closest to him and also just be transformed from the things that hurt us or sometimes people around us. So, mm. yeah. so that was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The next question is, yeah. Getting more into how you personally use creativity in your life. Um, and I, the general question is like, is there a form of art that you find 
most therapeutic, but I do know from, I got to, I had the privilege of seeing you in a panel discussion in the past. And, and so I know that your father passed away years ago. And so I'm especially thinking about like what helps us carry through just the most difficult parts of our lives. And Mm. so you can bring up anything and everything you want. So it's, what do you find therapeutic in? Was there anything that specifically helped you through some of your most difficult times? Yeah, that is a great question. I even love just like kind of the broad, I love how broad the idea of art or creativity is. Um, And so much of that is just because God encompasses all of the above, (laughs) everything that is creative and artistic and he kind of was first. And I, I think, I mean, yeah, ballet has always been um, something that I've just loved to do. I've loved, it's been a therapeutic to me, a coping, a coping mechanism at times. Um, I loved, I love the feeling of like using every muscle that I have to like feel something or to show something or to express something is probably the right word that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of my emotions in life, I've, I have worked out that way. Even if um, the story that I'm telling in the ballet is maybe different from what I'm feeling, I've always found kind of that use of my muscles and my energy, all of that to be um, one of my favorite ways of one, getting emotion out Um, I also think want another, you know, expressing it to someone else, um, to, you know, I, it's interesting. I think in bringing up the panel discussion, I, one of the hardest things that I've navigated through has been kind of when I moved to Boston, the loss of my dad pretty suddenly. And, um, it was really shocking and, uh, kind of sent me into this, this place where I really didn't have a lot of the things that would have felt helpful in those moments. Like I had just moved. So I was still navigating friendships. I was part of a new church family. So I didn't know a lot of people there. And um, I was also just navigating a new marriage, which is also like, you know, wonderful and challenging. And, and, and ballet, actually, I, I appreciated this time because I think for me, it actually opened up more of what art or therapy or expression through art could really help me with because I think up until then it had really been a lot of just dance like a lot of ballet a lot of movement and I still really loved moving but it it differed in grief when I was really navigating the heights of that because I just felt tired I at least for me grief made me tired um felt sad a lot and and moving my body actually didn't become something that I wanted to do, but actually something that was kind of hard to do. And so as much as it was a helpful thing, I actually realized, I think it helped me expand more to recognizing other forms of art and appreciating them in a new way during that time when ballet wasn't everything, when like it wasn't everything I did um, or everything I sought after in that sense. And um like things like music like I remember having um when I would sit down in the mornings and spend time with God and 
some, sometimes it would just, I would generally have to start with music because it was hard when I was navigating deeper questions or, or feelings or wrestling with different things or sadness. I, um, I really ha had to start with this way of just God connecting with me, which I felt like was through music. And there were like kind of three or four songs that I remember I just had on repeat. Like, these are my songs to get me in the zone to connect with God, to get my heart to a place that's open to hearing from him and expressing to him. Um, and that was something I've always loved worship, but I think in a new way, it became something that just like was necessary to my times with God. Um, I also feel like nature became really present to me in a new way, just the simplicity, but complexity and beauty of it. Um, I went on a lot of like hikes uh, to pray or even just to be. And I think being able to just like be in God's presence in that sense changed me a lot in the sense that um, prior to that, I just didn't really, I definitely appreciated it, but I don't think I noticed it as much. Um, and I started just kind of like really having a heart that like desired and kind of needed to be in God's presence in that sense or in nature and appreciating that so much and that's why I do love New England because it's like you can get the beach you can get the mountains you go a couple hours in a different direction which is such a blessing um so many parts of the world that are just so stunning but I am grateful for that because I think it opened my mind to ways that art could really help me in those moments or different forms of uh, just things that were creative or reflections of God's creativity in that sense that helped me to cope. And a lot of times, even during those moments, actually poetry became really huge for me too. I loved one of my favorite books ever. Um, if you're going through grief, it's, it's, I recommend it to everyone, um, but it's called Lament for a Son by Nicholas Wolterstorff. Um, and he actually lost his son and he published his journal entries plainly. Like really, it's just what he, he worked through, but it's very poetic. It's very beautiful, but it's also just kind of expressing, I think, what was deep in there that I couldn't quite put words to. And I found poetry to be something that really helped me either express to God something, express to people something that I was feeling. And I think there are just so many beautiful ways. Those are three specific ones that I felt like my mind, that God led me to or really opened my mind to that were even separate of what I was used to, what I was, you know, I was so used to movement and, and that, that did help. Like there were, there were times where that did definitely help, but I think that time in my life kind of forced me into other spaces too, which was ended up being something that I was so grateful for because even nowadays I can carry that into parts of my relationship with God, where maybe I wouldn't in the same way before that. Um, but yeah, those are a couple of things that I think of um, that really helped me connect with God. I think in a way that, all, you know, reading the Bible, praying, that stuff is so important to your relationship with God. But I felt like that stuff almost got me to a place where I could do those things. <laughs> like it almost helped me like connect with a God who I felt like knew me or was listening or was seeing me, um, could relate to me. 
um, prior to feeling like, you know, I really just needed to just dive straight in. So mm, I feel like that yeah. was super helpful for me. Yeah. Like having that, that space and that like release and the, um, especially the just like truly commiserating of the poetry like that kind of helped you get to a place where you're like now I can talk with God again is that what you were saying yeah yeah honestly yeah I felt like it almost was like a bridge to God (laughs) like it was almost this like ability to like I don't know whether it was softening my heart or maybe it was just meeting my heart where it was at (laughs) but like I think there were times where the idea of reading the Bible just felt hard and like not something I wanted to do or like I would read scriptures where I felt unseen by them or (laughs) challenged by them and I think in a lot of ways those engaging in those different aspects and strengthening that part of my relationship with God first or even alongside it um, it helped me to navigate my relationship with God's word and prayer a little bit more easily I think than before and so what do you see as a is there a difference now that you still see because of that time Mm. oh my goodness yeah there are so many differences I think in terms of my own relationship with God it's just wider like there's more ways that I can connect with him. Mm. Um, it's more flexible. I feel like I'm still growing in this and praying for this, but I feel like I can see God in more things than I could before. Um, it's not quite as like my time with God needs to look like this, you know, but it's, it's what can my time with God look like and encompass and, can it be a lifestyle versus just, you know, this one moment that I feel connected to him? And, and that's always a battle. I don't always feel that way, but I think, I think it's definitely changed and grown what my relationship with him consists of. And um, it's a lot more about who he is and how I can connect with him too. And, but I think too, it also affected even just how I related to other people and their pain. I think just going through pain in general or challenges or grief and suffering, whatever it is, um, health challenges, all those different things. I think it can, it allows you to have an extra empathy or sympathy for people. But I think even learning how to like not do something, but just sit in nature and just like be with God and let that be okay. Um, That was something I had to learn. I'm still learning. Like I don't, always like to do that because I think it forces me to slow down it doesn't feel productive to me but I think that's where I'm so humbled by the idea that gosh it's so much more productive to just sit and let God do his work than to try to do God's work myself (laughs) or try to make it happen in my life wow and I think it's changed the way that I'd talk to someone in pain or um under or have compassion or understand you know as much as I don't understand we all have these different stories but just kind of 
yeah, it gives me a different response than feeling like, okay, I have to pull myself together and figure this out. <laughs> you know, it's kind of just like, let me just connect with God and see what he does and see how he brings healing and transformation. So. Mm. Thank you so much for yeah. yeah letting us in to all um, of that. That's very powerful. <laughs> Thanks for, thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so grateful to be here. Yeah. I'm also wondering, um, so because of your knowledge of what it's like to be a performing artist, do you have any advice to friends of performing artists or ministers to performing artists um, mm. to be the best ambassadors of Christ they can be to them? Like whether it's someone looking to introduce the artist to Christ or looking to serve them in a leadership capacity. I've heard a lot of people, it doesn't even need to be that you're an artist per se, but even small business owners, things like that. Mm -hmm. People just feel very misunderstood by um, people who are used to basically seeing church done a certain way. And that's mm -hmm. like, that's my experience. That's where my question is coming from, just from my experience. If something else came to mind, of course, take it that way. Um, I want to hear whatever you have to say, but just to put that in there of, yeah. it's almost like there can be this, like, you must be able to show up to these different things. If you don't, we don't see you as like truly wanting to know God or truly being committed. And so mm -hmm. I've seen that and yeah, I want to know if you have any thoughts. Yeah. Kind of, do you mean in terms of like things being done like ideas about doing things different ways or like um kind of encompassing like getting to the root of kind of feeling like it's more performance-based of like oh you have to do these things and then we'll see you as a creation like that kind of mm, thing or... I think honestly both <laughs> yeah okay yeah totally totally I I love artists and creative people. I am one myself and something I, something that's a strength and of many artists and something that I appreciate so much is the integrity of really wanting to have their heart behind what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, as much as art can be a performance-based industry because you're performing, um, there is a very genuineness about it like I've found like artists are very good at being vulnerable putting their hearts on the line a lot of art is sharing your heart in a lot of different ways with people around you whether it's on a stage or in a book or you know whatever in a song or anything like that um and there is kind of this this desire to really have your heart in what you're doing um, and behind what you're doing, which is such a Jesus concept. Like Jesus came to address our hearts. He didn't come to be like, okay, this is everything that you have to do. He does tell us what we have to do or what we should do. Um, but he came to address the hearts of people first and really only. And so I think that's such a strength of artists that there's a desire to be genuine and vulnerable and real um, and authentic um, in what they do and why they do it. And I think that plays a lot into Christianity because then you reach these places where you really 
as a Christian, you might get advice or you might have these situations where someone challenges you in something. And if your heart's not really there, you might wrestle with that, right? Like I'm not just, I don't just want to conform or I don't just want to do this without understanding the why. And I think that that's really good. I think that there's time and space for us to, I think, one, I think that's where humility just as a person speaking to whether it's an artist who's trying to navigate the tension of like a certain concept or whether or not they need to do this certain thing and kind of getting their heart behind it. Um, there's humility and kind of always letting God work in your mindset, not feeling stuck in the way that you think or feel or kind of letting the feelings take over and guide you, but really like letting God change your perspective or navigate that, whether it's through advice or someone sharing a perspective or something they've seen. Um, I think in the same way though, like I think you do want your heart to be behind it. And so I think, I think for, you know, for ministers talking to artists or maybe challenging or navigating it, one, I think recognizing the strength that it is of wanting to have a heart behind what you're doing and a genuine desire. And then I think in the same way, like, you know, it's, it's not going to work. It never really has, but it's not going to work anymore to just tell people what to do. Um, we really want to similarly, you know, emulate how often Jesus asked questions, how often Jesus sought to get to the root of different things. That way, the things that we're sharing, they really have a root in the gospel and in the Bible. And that being the thing to kind of come from or to address versus sometimes, oh, I think you should do this, you know, <laughs> something like that. Like, I, you know, I, I think that being a Christian looks like this. Sure. Why, why, where does this come from? Like, what is the biblical concept that really tells me my heart should do this or should look like this? And um, sometimes that might change your perspective as an artist of like, this is what I feel like doing we can also be feelings led if we're honest sometimes because we love to we're really good at expressing our emotions and so I think we do have to be careful you know that we're not letting ourselves get there um and we're letting ourselves receive input and thoughts because I think similarly to what we were talking about earlier like the person at the front of the room has a different perspective than you do and they're going to be able to tell you something you're you're navigating or could be doing better that maybe you weren't seeing from the from your own standpoint I think similarly people can do that in our life but I think it's really important that that you know integrity of the root of the issue the heart of it that that's kind of what's addressed and explained and clarified because I think without that you know um Jesus called people to change their hearts, not just their behavior, right? And so I think that's kind of the approach that I think on both sides that's important is kind of like, I think the ability to open your mind as an artist and um, be humble to other perspectives. Some people are really wonderful at that. And then sometimes I feel like we can be kind of feelings led. <laughs> Um, but I think at the same time, there's such a strength that comes with really wanting to desiring to have our hearts be in genuine spots and in real and often and have authenticity with that and with what we do and the lives that we live as a Christian. And so I think 
always having those conversations revolving around that and kind of the gospel of Jesus and the biblical concepts there sometimes versus and then and that can lead into what that looks like in a conversation about that um but um but yeah I think and I think in terms of just like recognizing I think I love that artists bring something unique and different and something that can be game changers in a lot of ways like something creative something fun like I just genuinely you know in a relationship and a friendship no matter how how much of a like a routine person you are there's always fun in switching it up or trying something new I feel like that's a psychological concept that we as humans just have learned like we really like doing being creative in those ways um and so I think there's just so many strengths that come with that and being able to recognize those things and um and really encourage those things to be used in so many ways in the fellowship and um, as an artist really desiring and seeking out ways to use that to serve to serve the kingdom, not just to kind of, um, which is so good, right? Like furthering our own kind of artistic career or experience, um, but also kind of, you know, seeking how can I use this to glorify God, to reach other people, to um, create something that helps people to connect with God. And I think so many artists are looking for that already. And so I think I just encourage if that's you too, to just do it. I think there's so much that God can do through that and through you and through your gifts. And there's a reason you have those gifts. And so, um, yeah, that's a long-winded answer, but I don't know if that <laughs> kind of addresses a little bit of what you're. It does. Yeah. The other um, part to this question that I brought up after stating it was um, more along the lines of a scheduling question, honestly. I think a lot of times performing artists, small business owners, um, there can people with very different schedules, even honestly, like wagers and waitresses people with um work that falls during the hours that most people are able to set aside for like this is dedicated to church yeah. do you have any yeah experiences wisdom thoughts about navigating that yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I don't know if there's much wisdom here, but I will, I'll definitely share my thoughts. <laughs> Prayerfully, God will work through it. It's, it's tricky, right? Cause everyone's different. Everyone's coming from a different place. Everyone's, you know, um, in a different line of work. I mean, I will say for me, when I was a ballet dancer, I was definitely not able to come to church every single Sunday of the year. <laughs> like I, I really attended every time I could, but like nutcracker season would hit, we'd have two shows on Sundays and I wasn't able to come in the morning. Um, generally, I think I would, if I had a show off in the afternoon, I would always try to make it, but I can definitely relate to feeling like, man, this is a bummer. Like I can't, make this like and also make you know my job or make this thing that I'm doing um and so I think it's such a real thing I think you know when I think of how I would navigate those as just a Christian in the art world not trying to like really live out 
my best Christian life while doing it is, you know, fellowship is such a um, biblical concept. It's a necessary concept. It's something that I need as a Christian. It's something that I would argue every Christian needs. Um, And so I think when I can't make church one, I think I would always do my best to be honest with myself about whether or not I truly could make it because sometimes I was just tired and I just wanted to sleep in more. And I was like, no one's going to ask me if I don't come because they know I'm performing. <laughs> but if I could, I genuinely, genuinely would really fight to go out of my way to be there. So I think some of it just takes honesty. Like what can we attend and what can't we, right? Like what, um, what is challenging for us to make. And I think um, ultimately I I really took it upon myself in those moments of, okay, I need to create opportunities of fellowship for myself. I need to make sure that I'm taking communion, that I'm uh, in making sure that I'm in with whether it's a mentor or talking about how my week's going, talking about how I'm doing my Christianity as I'm navigating this really tired season. I think I also knew that I would be really tired during that cracker. I'd be around people all day. Sometimes I would get, it'd be easy to gossip, engage in these different things. So I think it takes a lot of, I really needed to be honest with myself about the things that I needed. And I had to take charge of like going after getting that. And so it would mean that I really made sure to schedule a time to have communion with a few friends or even just on my own, but making sure that I was able to like connect with Jesus in that way. Um, on Sundays, if I couldn't make it a time during the week when maybe it wasn't during normal like church hours, you might say, or the normal church schedule, but making sure that I was in fellowship with a few close friends and not just in fellowship, talking about, you know, kind of some shallow things, obviously we would get to how we're doing and stuff like that, but making sure that I really engaged in spiritual conversation, Mm -hmm. especially if I needed to staying well connected, um, to kind of this close group of people, making sure that I was really in fellowship in that way during that time. Um, I think that's the important thing to make sure that we do have to own as Christians, right? Is if we can't um, make all of the events that are kind of put forth to us, they're really there to encourage us, to strengthen us, to give us opportunities to connect with each other. Um, but if, you know, that's not something that I'm able to make, I do recognize as a Christian that that's something I do need and that God wants me to engage in. And so I have to look for the opportunities and almost make those opportunities happen, maybe outside of those events that week or um, making sure that I'm still able to really engage in some of those things just as a Christian person. Um, and so that's kind of more of the focus that I took. And I think it was helpful. I think it allowed me to really feel like I could still stay engaged. I I will say I left, I would come back from Nutcracker season feeling like, wow, the world still happened. Like I was just in this little bubble for a month. And so I think it would definitely, I definitely didn't love being away from other people's lives and wasn't able to be as connected to other people during those times. But So I think there's always a part of me that felt like, okay, I don't think this is the best thing. The best thing is being able to be in fellowship with people and at things as often as I can. But if I can't, here's what I'm going to really strive for and kind of try to live out, um, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It does make sense. 
Yeah. And I bet that you'll have even in like now that you have like transitioned into doing ministry kind of like in empathy for just the tougher <laughs> the tougher schedules um totally <laughs> yeah I get it it's just so good yeah um I thought of another question actually while we were talking and so you have transitioned from, I think you said 23 years. Was that with the Boston Ballet? It was 23 years with them. Um, so I was dancing. Um, I'm from the Midwest originally. So I've danced for ever since I was three. So yeah, 23 or 24 years um, of doing ballet. But that was not all with Boston Ballet. So that was kind of split amongst like, um, growing up and doing ballet and that setting and then going to college doing ballet there getting a gotcha. degree and then and then kind of coming to Boston for four years and and dancing professionally so it's mm -hmm. kind of broken up a little bit mm -hmm. so with all that time and then transitioning to just a very different stage of life and it's only been I believe a year of yep of yeah, yeah. doing full-time ministry and so how has it felt and has there been any processing of kind of this like end of career or end of a season of life? Um, Cause I'm sure that it has felt like an ending and yeah. yeah. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've totally like cried about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like a lot, right? Like, I think this definitely was like, it wasn't really a spontaneous decision that I made. I, I really was thinking about it for about a year and a half um, prior to choosing. So I, I stayed like a whole extra season with the ballet when I was kind of contemplating, where does God want me to go? Is this what I, really the question that I was asking was, okay, do I want to continue having, like doing this lifestyle? It was so fun. It was really hard, <laughs> mainly, you know, the scheduling, the, the level of time. And it, it was what made the company, it's what makes Boston Ballet so good. So such a wonderful ballet company, so, so good to go watch. And because they spend so much time doing it, but I think I was navigating, you know, is this what I want? Do I want to go into something else or explore some other things that I do have passions for? Um, and so I think by the time I had stepped out, I had done a lot of praying and um, just kind of like waiting, like for, you know, like a lot of contemplating, a lot of feeling different things, a lot of back and forth, like, yes, maybe no, for about a year and a half before feeling confident um, and kind of where I wanted to go next. So I think part of it, that was helpful that I had kind of done a lot of, given it a lot of time and kind of done some processing, but you know, in the span of like, if you're thinking 23, 24 years of ballet, a year and a half actually doesn't seem like that long <laughs> to, to make a jump out of it. Um, and I think there have definitely been moments where I miss it so much. Like I still take ballet classes pretty regularly and I'm still teaching for the Boston ballet and like little kids or some adult classes. And so I definitely feel like I, I um, am still engaged with the world. I go to every single Boston Ballet performance and um, we'll go visit rehearsals and say hi. So I definitely feel like 
it, I'm still engaged with the community and with being there. Um, with that, I totally miss it sometimes. Like I miss going and my sole purpose being to dance that day and then getting paid for that. Like what? I got to get paid for that for four years. That's so awesome. That's like such a blessing from God that I just, it's actually how I decided to become a professional dancer. Cause I was just like, I loved ballet. And then I was like, oh, I can do this professionally. Like I just don't want to stop. So if I can make money doing it, great, let's do it. Like, I just want to keep going. Um, and so I think, I think at the same time, there's been something really special about um, not, how do I word this? Like, uh, I was always striving to an extent to please my, my teachers, my director, the staff to do well. Um, in a, in a healthy way, maybe unhealthy sometimes fighting, fighting those, but those mindsets, but, you know, to an extent, like I was, I did have, it was my job to do well at ballet. It was my job to eat well, to be able to function and stay in a certain shape and to continue getting better. And something that's kind of come with the transition of going from ballet being my job to something that I just love to do is, yeah, I can just take a ballet class and I'm not worried about what the teachers, there's not a voice in the back of my head that I'm fighting that's like, okay, what's he thinking today? Oh, you're really doing rough, you're having a rough day. Like, <laughs> are they gonna fire you? Like just all these thoughts of like, so much of it is just tied to, you know, I did have a job to do well like I had to fight to do it well and it became more and it was it was still something that was so fun and I loved that life but I've really been loving being separate from that a little bit and being able to kind of freely dance <laughs> and just dance for myself and just dance to enjoy and that feeling it kind of started as soon as I decided to leave because um you tell them, obviously I tell them a little bit in advance because I, I don't sign the contract for the next year. And um, as soon as that happened, I, I felt freer a little bit, which is something I actually wish that I could have felt more in, in the professional life. But I think I strove as hard as I could to feel free within that. But there is a part of it being your job that I think puts a little bit of extra pressure of just like, I really do want to do well, not just because I love to dance, but because it's my job and I want to, you know, I want to keep growing and getting better. And so I think, I think I've definitely missed that so much, like that being my job. <laughs> and then I've also really enjoyed this new version of connecting with ballet in a way that like, I just get to do it for fun. And there's literally no one that I'm even tempted to try to please with it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, and so it's been a little bit of both. And like, it hasn't really felt like an end. It has been an ending of a chapter or an ending of a season, but I've really, I really have hoped and, and tried to not let it be the end of my relationship with ballet. It's still very much a part of who I am. I still do a bar sometimes in the morning because I'm so used to, getting in touch with myself emotionally through doing plies and tendus. I don't know if you feel that too. <laughs> I like do. I do do them sometimes. My, <laughs> my roommates will catch me just taking like holding onto the back of a chair in our yes. dining room and just, yep. yeah. 
doing absolutely it's like how do you learn to like okay how's my body feeling how does my heart feel like what am I how am I doing emotionally like there's just this moment of like you're you've been doing the same thing all the time and and you just kind of it's become kind of therapeutic in the morning for me to do some of that stuff and so I think I think that stuff if I separated from that, I think it'd be really, really hard, but I think it, it feels like moving into a new stage of my relationship with ballet, which has actually freed me up to engage in some more things outside of that, that I really love and have a passion for, but has also kind of freed me to enjoy ballet in in a new way. So now but. do you have an actual bar at your house? <laughs> I wish I do have Marley. I have like a little square of Marley. So floor that I can put down on top of the wood. Cause you know how it's like hard in socks or in ballet shoes to like, you know, kind of take bar. So I do have a Marley. I don't have a bar though. I usually use the back of a chair or like yeah. a wall or a table. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm just right there with you girl. <laughs> well, this was absolutely fantastic. We are, we're at time. Um, yes. And I just, I can't wait to re-listen to this, honestly. <laughs> um, Thank you so much and, for having me on. I'm so grateful and just grateful to have a conversation with you too. I feel like it's been really cool just listening to past episodes, hearing your story and just seeing kind of the way that you're living out your passion in this way is really cool. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hello again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. What meant the most to me from it was I was afraid to interview Ryan because she's decided to do ministry after an art-focused career. I had the question just floating around, well, not floating, probably doing a bit of damage in my mind, of what if she looks down on people pursuing creative careers and feelings around that. I definitely think I was projecting a lot of my own thoughts and fears onto this person, this conversation I was taking. Things that I will think myself and assuming that she would think them as well. I even assumed that she'd stopped dancing altogether, that she had decided I am going into ministry and that is the end of me dancing. It's so extreme. It reminds me a lot of the things that my mentor had to help me with during my initial creative recovery session, whatever you want to call that. It was a series of sessions. It's clearly still lingering. And her answer, Ryan's answer, about continuing to dance in a teaching capacity and how she remains part of her ballet company's community 
after changing to a different job, blew my fearful expectations out of the water. And then you add the insight into how she can now simply enjoy dance without added pressure from shows and contracts showed me the merits of exactly the life and career choice that had frightened me. And I've been thinking about this since the interview. Choosing to put all your eggs into the creative career basket isn't necessarily the best thing for your joy in your creative field, whatever that may be. That's a little bit of a professional sounding word, but just to try to find a broad way to be like, however you decide that you're going to use your creativity. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode too, and that you got something out of it that was helpful or that you can chew on. And thank you again for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Creatively Yours podcast. Let me know what you think and if this resonates with your story. Like, follow, or subscribe if you want more. And if you want to receive word directly in your inbox when I update this podcast, you can sign up at email.deepwatermediaandpress.com. You can also check out the backlist episodes at deepwatermediaandpress.com forward slash podcast. All right, signing off. Creatively 